0: Hello, this is P. Andrew Sandlin, founder and president of the Center for Cultural Leadership. Our age is a profoundly depraved age. Of course, there have been many depraved ages since man's fall. There's nothing new about sin. What makes our times different is its commitment to intellectually rationalizing its sin and depravity. We've created a coherent intellectual rationale, almost a worldview, out of our sin. In the wider culture, this is radical autonomy. The universe is all about me getting away with my sin. And if anybody gets in my way of me getting my way in my sin, that impediment is at war with human history itself, since history is lurching madly toward massive, radical human autonomy. Man is the world's creator, and the creator wants the freedom to do whatever he wants. In the church, the rationale is egalitarian grace. All Christians are equally sinful, and all are equally recipients of God's grace, so nobody should hold anybody to biblical standards, except perhaps to the standard of non-judgmentalism. Of all attitudes, the worst in today's church is being judgmental. Well, we might want to add, too, to that racism and sexism, they are horrific sins But legalism is perhaps the worst sin of all. Um, The righteous people, the people who think they're superior to everybody else, they're the real culprits. They're the dreaded Pharisees. The preacher had better not thunder against premarital sex. Are Christian men looking at pornography? Are Christian women dressing like prostitutes? He'd better not demand that Christians tithe. And how dare he threaten to excommunicate A man who refuses to work to provide for his family. Or a woman who has an abortion. The really dangerous Christians are those who live righteous lives. The people who get up early and read the word of God and pray and evangelize and are constantly talking about the Lord and his word. They just think they're better than everybody else and they're the problem. And after all, aren't we saved by grace? No Christian should criticize any other Christian since we're all sinners. Shall we send that grace may abound? Sure, why not? Jesus died so that we could sin a lot more than we do. Now, if this entire line of thinking sounds blasphemous, that's because it is. King David sinned like all of us, but his life was dominated by righteousness. And in the Psalms, he appealed to God as a righteous man would appeal to God. We read in Psalm 11, 7, For the Lord is righteous, he loves righteousness. We are indeed saved entirely by God's grace, but grace leads to righteousness. The grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. If grace leads to unrighteousness, it's not grace, it's disgrace. In 1 Peter 1, the apostle writes that Jesus shed his precious blood so that his people would be holy people, righteous people. It's a worldly, lawless church that transforms unrighteousness into a virtue under the guise of grace. It knows little of the grace of God, the holiness of God, the love of God, the justice of God. There's coming, my friends, a great revival and reformation in our families and church and culture. The Bible promises this revival, and like all such great times of God's work, at its root, will be a recovered understanding of the holiness and righteousness of God. We're saved entirely by God's grace and not by works. We're saved by Jesus' death and resurrection. We have nothing about which to boast, but neither should we shy away from righteousness. Remember this, God hates self-righteousness, but he loves righteousness. Never apologize for being righteous. God relishes righteousness. This is P. Andrew Sandlin for the Center for Cultural Leadership, ChristianCulture.com.